Welcome to the Visible Coaches podcast. I'm Angela Durant and you'll meet Anka Herman a little later. Between us, we have 30 years of business experience. We've started and grown our businesses from nothing but an idea, learning to play to our strengths as introverts in what often feels like an extrovert world. If you have ever felt any resistance to how others tell you you have to market yourself or bear your soul on social media just to get clients, then this podcast is for you. We know the unique challenges that introverted coaches face when it comes to selling their services. So if you're ready to learn how to spot those golden opportunities right under your nose, clarify your message, nurture that market and get more business coming your way, all without sacrificing your energy levels or well-being, then plug your AirPods in and let's go. Well, welcome to the Visible Coaches podcast with Angela and Anka. If you hear me with a little bit of a sore throat today, please bear with me. I'm still a little bit raspy, as it were, but being an ex-voice coach, I'm doing my level best right now to make sure that it doesn't impact the quality of our recording today. But the topic is so important. It is the importance of an aspirational message. What is an aspirational message? Why is it different from many of the messages that you hear in the marketplace How is it nuanced and why right now it could be a game changer in your next year? So we're going to unpack that topic today. So, Anka, we've just come off an onboarding client session with one of our newest members in the Visible Club. She is a marketing strategist. She's going to spend the next 12 months with us building out the next evolution of her business which we're super excited to do. And in that session, we recalibrated her message because she was feeling very torn, wasn't she, between what she was offering right now, um, you know, different parts of her personality, the things that she didn't want to just be settled and become known for. She wanted to expand. Um, And we really recreated some of that message and also got some of the bigger um, goals that she is wanting to go for this year so that we can create a plan around it, reverse engineer it and help her achieve all of them. But we've come on to talk about this message because I saw something important in the aspirational side of it and the nuance of the language and changing the narrative slightly to position her better in the market. So you hadn't met our client, uh, Anne-Marie, before. So what did you take away from the messaging that we did and and how we created that and and that whole piece um, that we'd come up with? Yeah, it was a it was a fabulous session. I mean, I saw myself in many parts of her, you know, that that idea you know, having a lot of skills in a lot of different areas and the trouble that comes with it when you know you need to come out with a message that people can relate to, that people can remember, that means something to people, you know, because like, oh, I can do all these different things for you isn't usually very helpful, right? And so she knew that, right? But at the same time, when you do a lot of things and you can offer a lot of things, then you also, I totally felt her resistance to narrow in to one of the different elements. And I kind of very much relate to that because definitely know the feeling, definitely know the resistance 
to narrowing down on, on one of the things, right? So to look at the objective as how can we express what's on offer in a way that is clear and valuable to her potential clients without her feeling that any of her elements kind of stay on the, you know, basically aren't used or appreciated. I think that makes a huge difference in, in how she shows up. Right. But I think the piece that that you're pointing to is it's so important not to like to validate potential clients journey to that point. You know, just like we didn't tell her, look, what you've done so far has all been rubbish. You know, you have to come to us to do it right. You know, it's also when clients come to her and say, well, I've done this thing and now I want the other piece to not tear them apart for it, you know, to recognize the journey they've been on because I think nothing is more off-putting than being criticized for the decisions you've made in the past and feeling judged by it. I think it's like a trust and relationship breaker. It's a deal breaker for where you can, if you try and, position your offer and the value of your offer by criticizing you know even if you don't mean to by 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 criticizing decisions they've made in the past you've probably lost them before they ever pay really attention well that's the story i told her and it took me doing that doing something wrong to recognize immediately what i'd done so i was speaking to somebody that would have been a perfect client for us in the Visible Club. Um, however, this person was still in a program, so not necessarily the ideal client right now, but this person was still in a program and she was, well, she'd invested basically 10,000 um, in a coaching program for a year and was no further forward and was panicking about the money. And this is a really common scenario about the payments etc to make it what when I had asked her why she'd you know bought into it she had mentioned about the guarantee in the messaging and about how it was guaranteeing to make 10,000 you know back etc and in my innocence in that moment oh I I kind of wanted to I said to her why on earth did you buy into that not recognizing that that is not an aspirational validation of where it's taken to her now and it's and in which case then it, and at stopping at it is there is a nuance because i couldn't validate it's a difficult one at times when you can't validate what somebody has taken to get there if it isn't a positive move what i could have said in place of that was I understand a guarantee is hugely important to you and to be able to feel safe within the knowledge of that. I'm so sorry that that hasn't been the case for you, but that's, but let's have a look at where the business is and what you have got in place in the business so that you can start to pull more of the pieces together and make some of that progress perhaps quicker than you have right now. Moving people into an aspirational place of hope that's what we're talking here with your messaging because everybody in the buying cycle of a customer comes into the life 
of a customer at various different places. Sometimes we get them at the point where they are ready to make that next move and they're ready to make that next decision and they've already just looking around for the person that they trust and the thing that just fits them, you know, hand in glove for them. Many times we're meeting people at different stages in the journey and they want to be at the stage you're at. They want to be, uh, you know, they want the results that you can offer them. And they are at a stage where they're not quite ready in the buying cycle or they could be close to it within a couple of months even. However, how we handle that, how we affirm them, how we look at where they are without um, helping them feel as if they've made the wrong decision can be a swinger. And I did it. I mean, I'll, I'll hold my hands up. I didn't even realize I'd done it until afterwards. I think so many sales are lost at this point because of the because we are not communicating and affirming that they tried their best to get themselves to where they are now. And particularly if they've had a disappointment, there's going to be shields up, defences, reticence. And it's possible to move people past that point. But you've got to understand that creating psychological safety, validation and appreciating what they've done to get to this point is the only space to start with your messaging if you're going to have some traction in it, I think. I agree, I agree because, I mean, I, I talk about a lot that's at the heart of it, trust is this critical piece in there. And if you, you know, usually without wanting or like in con like not consciously and certainly not intentionally, um, shame your client into submission kind of thing. Well, that breaks trust, you know. And I think, and I'm, I've, I've experienced that too, where where people start to defend their decision, right? So they were, you know, and and, and I think we we get that because quite often when people come to us, yeah, like we're not the first person they come to help for for help to. And quite often they have bought into big name programs before. And I think the bigger the name, the more money they've spent, the more likely they are to defend that, that decision. And us kind of tearing that down and, and saying, oh, my God, like that was like, yeah, you know, it's very tempting. But I think you're very well advised not to not to voice it, you know because it's 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 just going to make people want to defend their decision and then the less connected they feel to you. And I think that's also a qualifying test for people to understand if now I'm speaking to somebody who's defending their decision, the first place that I would start with just validating that they they had the best of intentions in that decision and what have they learned about themselves in that decision making process that they would either change or do again because we don't know how somebody is making their decision-making process. And that's an important part of it. The second thing I would say is it can qualify people for you. Because if they're still defending their decision, then there is not a lot of self-awareness yet. And you could be the next coach that they blame for the lack of results that they get. And so there is a piece where where spending more time having that conversation until they get to that awareness or assessing that they're actually not in a space of awareness and therefore even if you could help them actually going down that route right now is is probably not going to help you to grow your your coaching practice or your business 
and they may not yet have come to the place where they are ready to accept responsibility for the decision that they make and make a turning point and a change around that. I remember when I did that, I remember investing a significant amount of money in something that I was innocently trying to fast track myself with. We've all been there. It took me, I probably think, about six months to actually get over the the fact that it really wasn't fit for purpose when I got in there. It did its job, but it also, there was also some things within the programme that meant me only buying things within the programme, as it were, software, et cetera, which wasn't what we wanted. And I felt terrible that I had been, you know, swayed into this direction, but I hadn't been swayed. The reality is, is I was still in a fast track mindset. I was still trying to get there sooner. I was still trying to jump across the pond without actually learning to swim across it in the first place. I didn't have the skills and I wanted a fast track. And when I was ready to own up to that, that that was the mentality that I was in, it made a significant shift for me. And then I was able to see how my decision-making process was working for or against me. And that became the biggest difference then as to knowing where to go next and who to go next with. So I want to just share that with you uh, as a decision-making process, if you're listening to this, so that it's not about feeling bad about a decision, but also, or if you've got people in front of you in that decision-making process, they will defend the person that they made the decision with if they haven't yet been able to have that self-awareness and that time of grieving and that time of coming away from that decision-making process and that disappointment where they are ready to start again and, and, and come through this period of time that they have tried things and failed at things, which is going to be an awful lot of people, and they are ready and resilient enough to take the next step forward and invest again in a different direction. I think it's really coming down to being kind to yourself and your potential clients because that's the thing like as you say we've all done it and the the better I, I i must say like i've done it with copywriting programs because they're so good at selling they're so good at telling you what you want to hear right and um and so you fall and then the thing falls flat and then you're more skeptical next time and just like everybody's probably experienced that, I think it really helps to keep in mind that your potential clients are in that same boat too. So if we all kind of give ourselves and our other people a bit of slack, I think that helps an awful lot. As we say, be kind, but not the kind that leads to excuses. So until next time, we'll see you soon and take care. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to the Visible Coaches Podcast. If you've ever felt the pressure to market yourself in ways that don't align with your true nature, this podcast is your sanctuary. If you've enjoyed what you've heard so far, make sure to subscribe to the Visible Coaches Podcast on your favorite platform. And we would really be grateful if you could leave us a review. Your feedback means the world to us and it helps us reach more introverted coaches like you. To grab this episode's free resource, visit thevisiblecoachespodcast.com now. That's thevisiblecoachespodcast.com. Let's continue to embrace our introverted strength, create meaningful connections, and make waves in the coaching world. Until next time.